outdoors take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva. This is Steve Robbins. Welcome to Get It Done Guys Quick and Dirty Tips to Work Less and Do More. I'm here today with Sally Hogshead. She has created a book called How the World Sees You and an associated program called The Fascination Advantage. So I realized this woman understands something about personal branding, or you could even just call it reputation, but something about how do we show up in the world as other people perceive us. Welcome, Sally. Hey, Steve. I'm so happy to be with you today. Let's start with the basics. Why does it matter how people see us? Let me, let me describe a little story, a quick story that has a surprising ending. A couple of weekends ago, my kids decided they wanted to have a lemonade stand. And uh, instead of doing a traditional lemonade stand out on the sidewalk with the table, they decided to go door to door. They wanted to turn it into a marketing contest. And, and, and they were selling the exact same lemonade, the same amount of lemonade in the same neighborhood from the same cups, but they had dramatically different results. My daughter decided that she was going to go door to door, almost like Girl Scout cookies. And so she knocked on doors and sold lemonade. And at the end of the contest, she came back and she had $1.50. She had sold four cups of lemonade for about 30 cents each on average. My son, on the other hand, went in a totally different strategy. He went to the park. And at the park, he found that people were thirsty. He came home with 20 bucks. He had sold the same amount of lemonade, in fact, the exact same lemonade, but he sold it for $5 a cup. So why is it that my daughter was able to sell it for 30 cents a cup and my son was able to sell it for five bucks? She, he said, I didn't go where people were close. I went where people were thirsty. So the question is, in what situations are you going to be intensely valuable to your team, to your prospects, to your client, so that they're willing to pay more money for what you sell? Because on some level, what we're selling, what, who we are, is a commodity. But we have certain things about ourselves that allow us to charge five bucks for what we do instead of charging 30 cents. Oh, okay. So if I know, if, if I know that what I am is lemonade, then if, if I decide to use that knowledge, I can say, well, if I'm lemonade, where are people thirsty? As opposed to just showing up at people's doors and saying, hi, I'm lemonade, do you want me? <laughs> right, exactly. Instead of saying, what would you like to drink? And I can turn myself into that. How can you tap into your inner lemonadeness? In other words, what is it about you that's so valuable in certain situations or for certain types of people that you can solve problems differently and better than anybody else? And once you can start to identify who's your ideal client, your ideal team member, your ideal prospect, and then find a way for you to solve their problem differently than everybody else. That's when we can really start to grow our careers and build our lives around who we are. Are we, are we striving to be seen as being better than other people? 
is better the thing I should be going after? Most people are striving to be seen as better. And here's the problem with that. If you're striving to be better, then that means you're, you're competing with other people on what they do best. Let me give you an example from marketing, if I may. A great brand differentiates itself by focusing on how it's different, not on, not, not on how it's like its competition. But the problem is that a lot of us, we try to outdo other people. We try to focus on our strengths. And the problem with focusing on your strengths is then you're in an endless cycle. You're on the hamster wheel of trying to outdo other people at what they do best. Instead of focusing on better, how you're better, focus on how you're different. Different is better than better. What we try to do is we dull the edges and we try, to, we, we try to fit into the prototype of what we think our listener wants to hear. And the problem with doing that is it's, just, it's exhausting. It's exhausting as an entrepreneur, as a mid-level manager to try to fit yourself into what you think the other person wants. Instead, focus on how is the other person most likely to see you at your best? What's your competitive advantage in that communication? Ah, I like the I like this idea of competitive advantage. So it is even though I do all of those things well, what is the thing that when I just show up, I knock the ball out of the park? And that, that you show up and you knock the ball out of the park, but you're doing it in a way that feels energizing for you, feels effortless for you. I call that a wellspring. A wellspring is a, a task or a conversation that gives you energy. And so you can throw yourself into it. And when you're doing it, you feel like you're operating at your peak capacity. On the other hand, there's quicksand. Quicksand is the opposite of wellspring. It's those, those people or conversations or, or duties that you just loathe. They, 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 it's a struggle to move forward with them. What are the elements of a personal brand? There are two aspects of your personal brand. The first one is how are you different? And the second one is what do you do best? When I built global advertising campaigns for brands like, um, let's, say, let's take BMW. Do you remember BMW's longtime tagline? The driving the, machine? Yeah, the ultimate driving machine, exactly. Yep. When I tell you that this car is the ultimate driving machine, I'm telling you how it's different, and I'm telling you what it does best. What's Nike's tagline? Just do it. Nike was the first brand I ever worked on as an advertising copywriter. When Nike says, just do it, it's also telling you how it's different and what it does best. And when you hear Nike say, just do it, they're not just talking about shoelaces and rubber. They're talking about a whole philosophy of working out, of athletics, of throwing yourself into what you do. They're telling you about the products, but also about the company and the, 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 the anthem. In advertising, that's called an anthem because it gives you a really high level of an understanding of how a brand is different and what it does best. I need an anthem then that shows how I'm different and what I deliver. Mm -hmm. You can think of an anthem almost like a tagline or a personal branding statement. It summarizes how you're different and what you do best when you're operating at your very peak. I cheated a little bit. And before this interview, I bought your book, <laughs> read the whole thing, and actually did the exercises to come up with my own anthem. What I came up with is, as a personal branding statement or, or as an anthem, is I create transformative results because I realized using your terminology, and I don't want to use too much of it just yet because the audience doesn't know what it means, but I show up as a combination of innovation and uh, what you call alert, which is paying attention to details to actually get things done. That's, in my mind, what distinguishes me from so many other people out there who are creative and innovative, is I just go for the how do we take this and totally magically transform it, as opposed to how do we get a little bit out of the box or how do we, we just steer a little in a different direction. And what do I deliver? I'm the get it done guy. I deliver results. Now that I have it, how do I use it? 
Well, let's talk about how you would use it in real life. What's an example of a time when you've got to play your A game and you know somebody's either going to say yes or no? What would be an example in your life? There is a project going on right now to save the world. And they don't know how they're going to do it, but they know that they want to do it. And I am in contact with the CEO of the company that's doing this. I really want them to take me seriously and consider me a contender for being part of the project team. Let's talk about this, Steve. You're about to walk in the room. If I said to you, when you go in there, you need to make sure that you don't shock them, that you don't surprise them, you don't want to push them outside their comfort zone. Instead, what you need to do is repeat what they already know. How would that feel for you? I'd rather throw myself out that beautiful plate glass window. (laughs) If I said to you, Steve, when you go in there, what they really need is a transformation and they need results. So if you can deliver transformative results, you're going to win. How would that feel? Well, just when you say that, I feel excited and energized. Let's do it. So if you're about to go into that room and you know that the number one way that you can add value is through transformative results. And that if you don't deliver transformative results to those people waiting on the other side of the doors, then you will not have delivered. You will have, you will have failed to deliver your highest value. You actually have a duty to deliver your highest value when you go into that room. Then how does that feel when you start to walk through those doors? Incredibly uplifting. Yeah. When you have permission to be who you are at your best, then you show up as being more confident. So anytime you have to play your A game and uh, go into a situation in which you know that you're either going to win or lose, you not only have permission to deliver your anthem, to deliver this mission statement, but to be that in everything you do, from how you create the PowerPoint presentation, how you create your script, how you answer their questions. What if I walk in and I show up as transformative results and I'm intense and I'm focused and I fascinate them, but what they're really looking for is someone who will produce an incremental result? Shouldn't I just buy a Brooks Brothers suit and try to come in and appear to be the appropriate Harvard MBA? You can do that, but ultimately it's going to be exhausting for you. When we fit ourselves into a mold, we fit ourselves into what we think the other person wants. And in doing so, we're not able to deliver our best because we're trying to be what we think they want. There are three things that we can do. If you're in a situation in which what the other person wants is not what you naturally provide, for example, I am not a detail person. I can do it, but it's exhausting for me. Uh, but yet there are certain clients that need that. So there are three steps that, that you or I could potentially take. The first one is partner with somebody that does exactly what they need naturally. Some, in other words, somebody who has the personality competitive advantages that they're looking for, and then you're the partner so that you can deliver what you're doing, but you've, you've essentially outsourced it in a way. The second thing you could do, you can pretend that what they want is what you naturally do. That's going to have a huge toll on you. It's very expensive psychologically to pretend that you're something that you're not. It has a a major opportunity cost to what you could potentially be providing. And the third thing that you can do is persuade them that what they actually need is what you provide. If you were walking into a situation in which they don't want transformative results, Using these three examples, number one, you could, you could work with somebody who delivers stable reliability as their anthem. The second thing you could do is you could pretend that what you deliver is consistency, but that would uh, be very expensive for you. And the third thing that you could do is persuade them. In order for you to make a difference, especially if you don't have a huge budget, 
you need transformative results and nobody can deliver transformative results like I do. And here's why. And then you would give examples of that. Imagine if you knew that what your listener wanted from you was exactly what you naturally provide. So you could show up with that confidence that you would know that what you're saying is exactly what they want to hear. That's the power that comes out of understanding your anthem, this personal branding statement. I wrote a book on personal productivity based on my podcast. And I was joking with someone and saying, you know, wouldn't it be funny if I had a musical based on my book? It would be the world's first musical that teaches personal productivity, but also has a plot and is so dramatic that people cry. And I meant that as a joke. It turned out the person I was talking to was a musical theater composer. Long story short, three and a half years later, we actually have the musical. I think for, for, for all of us, there, there are certain times when we try to fit a role, but it's a masquerade. We're never going to reach our, our greatest potential. It, it, this comes back to what we were talking about earlier. Being the best is not enough if nobody notices or cares. It's not enough to be the best podcast host or the best author or the best accountant if nobody notices or cares. It only, it only matters if people notice and care and take action and buy and champion for you and befriend you and hire you. So that's where it comes back to being different. Being different is better than better. One of the things that I've noticed about large corporations is that corporations often tend to hire according to job descriptions and keywords. And it seems like there's a real tension here between we want the person who fits the box and yet the value is going to come from how that person is different and unique. When we were doing the studies behind my book, How the World Sees You, we've, uh, we've now studied about half a million professionals. And what we found is that high performers have something in common. They do one thing differently. What they do differently is that they have a specialty. They contribute a specific benefit. Now, here's what I mean by that. Let's say you're working on a team. Your personality has a natural built-in specialty. It's the way that you're primed to over-deliver. It makes you worth more money. It makes you more likely to be a great leader that gets followers. It's what's most attractive to your ideal prospect. And within teams, within companies, what we found the high performers were doing differently is tapping into um, these, the differences that they had in their personality. They weren't focused on being better. They were focused on being different. They weren't focused on being all things to all people. They were focused on being extraordinary in some particular way. So the way that you express your personal brand in a large corporation is to identify what are those aspects of your personality that are most valuable to your team or to your customer, to your manager, and double down on that. Don't just be a little bit that, be a lot that, and then build all of your communication around that. The way you write emails, the way you write your LinkedIn profile, how you show up in meetings, how you ask questions, how you dress, not just your personal brand in the classic sense, but every type of communication from how you, uh, how, how you communicate in meetings to how you do outreach with customer service. So it's not just a matter of this is a communication style. It's actually I use my brand to inform which choices I make about the things to work on so that I have the greatest chance for success. Am I understanding you correctly? Yes. I'll give you an example here within my own company. My anthem, remember an anthem is that personal branding statement that describes how you're different and what you do best. It, it's a, there's an adjective, which in your case is transformative, and then there's a noun that describes what you do best, and in your case that's results. My anthem is fascinating communication. Fascinating is, describes how I'm different, and communication describes what I do best. But I'm not good with, as we know, details and spreadsheets. So one of my key team members, her name is Corey, and she's totally different than me. We're both writers, but her personality is, is perfectly primed to deliver clear-cut, 
accurate, meticulous follow-through. So her anthem is meticulous follow-through. Now you can see if I'm the one creating content, going out and doing these big projects, thinking about how can I help people see themselves differently based on how the world sees them, I'm going to need a right-hand person who's going to be able to deliver the follow-through to make sure the checklists and details, um, that, that everything's done with clarity, um, that, 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 that there, there isn't a dropped ball anywhere. So Corey's very different than me, and I need Corey. Corey needs me because I'm really comfortable with brainstorming and she's much more about honing in once the idea has been established. In the same way on great teams, people are interdependent because they don't replicate themselves. They're optimizing themselves. What we find is that when people can, can segment what they naturally do best, it doesn't come as news to, to their team members. I mean, it, it's no surprise I'm not good at details. I might as well go ahead and start setting expectations and uh, managing in advance to set myself and my team up for success, right? In the same way for you, anybody who knows you knows that you're great at making big transformative results that are going to have an outcome that's bigger than anybody initially expected. That's, you don't want to keep your, your greatest competitive advantage a secret. Instead, let everybody on your team find ways that they can each have different areas where they're uniquely suited to add value. So if I were going to be on a team and someone were going to say, here, we want you to do the day-to-day -day, you know, accounting details or whatever, among other things, having a personal brand isn't just an advertisement, but it actually gives me enough information to say to them, you know what, I'm going to show up and produce transformative results. I'm going to guess that the auditors don't want transformative results in the expense reports and in the day-to-day -day financials because when you do transformative results in the financial statements, that's usually called embezzlement and you end up going to jail. <laughs> so maybe I instead should be the person who is in charge of helping to set the product vision and make sure that we can then execute on it instead of being the person who does the accounting. That is one way that I would use my personal brand is to actually drive my role on the team to take charge of my own role on the team and say, look, this is how I'm going to show up and be able to, to be an awesome member. Let's shape the team around this. How do you show up most awesomely? And we'll shape the team around that too. That's a great distinction. Yes. So there are two sides of what you just described. The first one is making sure that your team knows how to tap into you so that you can do more of what you naturally do best. In other words, you don't have to fix yourself. You need to do more of what you're already doing right. And that's the big shift here between this and something like StrengthsFinder or Myers-Briggs is that it's not about doing more. Uh, it's, it's not about changing what you're doing. It's about becoming more of who you already are. You don't have to change who you are. You have to become more of who you already are at your best. The second part of what you described was that your own internal perception as a roadmap. Imagine that if I'm going to approach a project and I feel nervous or overwhelmed, even intimidated, um, if I have a roadmap to know here's how I'm most likely to successfully solve this problem, it becomes much easier for me to approach that problem in a way that's going to be naturally suited for me so I can make sure that I'm delivering value over and over again. How does the fascination advantage relate to things like flow? Flow has been described as the state in which you are effortlessly moving. It's almost like muscle memory where you're, you're moving forward. You don't have to think about it. You don't feel self-conscious and you're able to be per completely immersed in the moment. When your brain is in a state of fascination, you become so focused that you're in this heightened state of productivity. That's the state of flow, of fascination. And we have found in our studies, there's a direct correlation to how fascinated you are in your work and how much money you make. In other words, when you can achieve a state of flow because you're fascinated by what you do, you are more likely to have a higher income. What else should we know that we haven't covered yet? 
If you don't know your own value, don't expect anyone else to. I, I want people to be clear that if you, if you, once you know your value, once you know the qualities that naturally make you valuable, that make you intensely valuable to the people around you, it becomes really easy for you to build your career around that. And when you do that, then you can become much more passionately involved. It becomes much easier, much less of a struggle for you to be successful in your business and your career. You and I were talking about doing world-changing work. So the thing that I want to leave you with is the world isn't changed by people who sort of care. The world is changed by people who almost irrationally care, people who become so dedicated, so involved in what they're doing that it ceases to just be work and it starts to be a mission. Wow. Okay. So thank you so much. And what I want to say to our listeners is um, I got incredible value out of the Fascination Advantage and Sally's book, How the World Sees You. Sally has very kindly offered some large number of coupons to get the little mini version of the Fascination Advantage Express. How can people find you? Here's the code so that you can take your free Fascination Advantage assessment. Go to howtofascinate.com forward slash U Y O U. That's howtofascinate.com forward slash U Y O U. And the code, cleverly enough, is get it done guy, all one word. Get it done, guy. And they can learn more by um, uh, um, g- going and taking the assessment. It only takes three minutes. You can do it on your cell phone. And, uh, and at the end, it gives you, it gives you a, a multi-page report that describes how people see you at your best. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I have really appreciated you taking the time to visit with us. And I find the fascination advantage and personal branding and understanding how we can be our best fascinating. Oh, thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate that you did all the all the background on this. I love that I get to talk to a quick start and to be able to be part of your amazing podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This is Steve Robbins. Follow Get It Done Guy on Twitter and Facebook. I help high achievers create innovative ways to get better results in their companies and careers. If you want to know more, visit steverrobbins.com. That's S-T-E-V-E-R-R-O-B-B-I-N-S.com. Work less, do more, and have a great life. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.